0: How do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife?
1: You make plans for things. Life happens. Mm. I want to live a bigger
2: life.
0: You know, Anne, I am surprised that you wound up marrying Jacob. Whatever happened to the adventurous Anne?
1: new teeth coming in what Oh, how could are home get changed i'd like to go out 40 years i've known this woman every day the same now i don't know who i'm coming home to how much of
2: that could i get
1: you want the blur i feel more alive than i have in years hey mrs fetter you all right mrs fetter
0: Felt ashamed. As you should. Husbands, love your wife.
1: He who loves his wife, loves himself. so up! That looks heavy.
2: I want to make my own decisions from now on. You ever see something you couldn't explain, Sheriff?
1: You don't know how to fight for me because you've never done it, Give me the strength to save her soul!
0: to How you gonna write this one up, Deputy? Domestic dispute. Nonviolent. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts. I'm Mike, and joining me as always is Mr. Venom. How are you doing, Venom?
1: Greetings and salutations, my blood-sucking friends. Yeah, I'm not doing too bad, Mike. How are you doing?
0: Uh, it is hot as hell in Northern California, but otherwise I'm doing well. Doing well. It's <laughs> too bad uh, today. I mean
1: eighty eight for me isn't all that hot, so it was an oh, yeah,
0: It's bordering about like ninety-five today here. Um Alright, joining us always as well. It's Don and Ellie. How are you doing, Don?
2: Uh doing too good, guys. Um Can't really complain about the weather either. It's a nice, crisp, and cool 88-tank topless day here, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Mm -hmm. All right, well, today we are discussing a movie called Jacob's Wife. Um, If you listened to the latest episode of No More Room in Hell already, because it is technically out now, uh, you probably will hear, or you probably heard that, we talked about a little bit just because at the time um we hadn't officially picked what we were doing for fresh cuts and so i brought it up on my what we watch segment but we don't really get into too many details when they're newer movies so we kept our thoughts kind of brief on it so it shouldn't it shouldn't override anything that we'll discuss about it tonight except very very general things that were discussed Mm so um let's see so i will get the synopsis off imdb as as usual anne married to a small town minister feels her life has been shrinking over the past 30 years encountering the master brings her a new sense of power and an appetite to live bolder however the change comes with a heavy body count (laughs) okay all right uh we will start with general thoughts Let's go, Venom. Thoughts on Jacob's Wife?
1: Overall, I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, this one gives you everything that, you know, a modern-day horror fan would should be looking for. Lots of gore, lots of blood. Maybe not the level of nudity uh, your average, like, 20-something horror fan might be looking for. But still, um, you know, we get a good story. We get good performances. We get some pretty decent cinematography. We get a good score, Um, There's not really a whole lot to complain about with this film, though I do have one major complaint, and that is about the Master himself. Now, uh, unfortunately, the gripes that I have about the Master would probably kind of delve into spoiler territory, so I'll save that for the second half of the show. Um, But ultimately, I had a really good time with this movie. I was really, really enjoying it. I watched it again earlier today, and I'm still having a great time with it. Barbara Crampton and uh, Larry Fessenden are absolutely spectacular. Um, It's great to see them, you know, together in a genre film again. I mean, you know, they work so well together. They work well individually. Barbara Crampton, you know, still looks great at her age, still can play, you know, the the sultry femme fatale uh, quite well, as we can see from this film. Um, So yeah, overall, really enjoyed it. Have very few complaints. Like I said, uh, the main antagonist um, left a little to be desired for me, and I'll go over that in the spoiler section. But otherwise, yeah, really, really good time. Um, I would say currently easily a top 10 film for the year for me. I can't see it remaining on the top 10. With the slew of movies that we've got coming up in the second half of 2021, I can't imagine this is going to remain in my top ten. But as of right now, it's solidly there. Had a great time with it. Um, And yeah, this will definitely
0: be one that I return to
1: fairly often.
0: Cool. Yeah, when you start listing off things you liked... And you were talking about like the lack of nudity. I thought, nudity, not nudity, not Uncle Nudity. <laughs> uh, I, I thought you were going to say, but we did get one good titty. That's what I <laughs> I <was gonna> say. <laughs> not likely something I would say. But <laughs> uh, all right, uh, I'll kick it over to Don for your general thoughts. What did you think, Don? Um,
2: I'm kind of right in line with Venom on this one. Um, I don't have too much to complain about either. Um, I do find um, a few slight issues are basically all that's keeping this from being at the top of my list right now. But overall, um, like I, he said, there's nothing real to complain about. Great story, great gore, great horror action. I do want to know where he's coming from with the vampire thing. that he has an issue with because if it's the same thing I'm thinking of we might be in lockstep on that one too because that's one of the issues that I do have with it is the main vampire themselves um, again I don't want to get too spoilerific and I want to know where he's coming from because like I said I think we may be in lockstep on that one. as everything else that he said I'm right there with him and like I said you know there's just few slight issues um, the main vampire being one of them that again are keeping this from being a top top of the year thing but still as it stands um i'm finding very little reason to knock this off of my top 10 of the year list so uh, yeah i really enjoyed it as well
0: cool um well as far as i go i would i i think i agree as of now it's probably a top 10 that i've seen in 2021 um uh interesting that my my view of it actually kind of went up a little bit on the second watch um yeah same here maybe maybe it was because like the mini discussion i had on the other show um where you know me and jamie were talking about it a lot as much as we could trying to keep it general i guess and i just you know sometimes with the second watch you you dig into like maybe uh more of the story or just you know whatever whatever i picked up on the second time i felt like i enjoyed it even more um i to me this is like how you kind of pull off like a smaller scale story you know it's it's uh lower budget um there's some familiar people in this cast obviously barbara crampton should be known to pretty much the entire horror community at large. Uh, And I I thought uh, I I liked um, the way they incorporated, you know, the vampire lore kind of into this small town, small scale uh, story. I liked kind of like what uh, they were using as kind of like a metaphor for Barbara Campton's character's life and kind of how she was a little bit uh pulled in and and got a bit of excitement about the changes that were happening but ultimately you know it's it's kind of like a give and take um on what that exactly means going forward once you've been turned um and i like her character's arc really i i like how the whole issue of vampirism was treated in the context of her life um and yeah i like the husband the preacher husband i you know I, I didn't feel many characters in this were too one note like which sometimes you expect in like the smaller scale movies like oh we're just gonna like m- make a gimmick out of these characters for the sake of like goofiness or whatever but i i felt um the at least the main characters that needed that you know needed to carry the movie they were pretty well written and had depth to them and I liked where the story went. Um, you know, I'll repeat this little tidbit f- from my other discussions. It did go, it did end up going in a different direction than I thought, which I actually appreciated because I, I feel like most times that it doesn't go that way. So I was kind of impressed um, that they wrapped it up the way they did. Or so, or so, or did they? Because we'll talk about the final scene and we, I guess we can guess or say how we interpreted how that the very end uh or what it what it kind of meant going Uh, forward um um, and what else what else do i got on this one uh that might be it for general thoughts um yeah i'm interested to see what uh the what you got to say about the master um Hmm. but overall yeah i recommend this one highly mm-hmm. and uh we'll see you know could it sneak uh-huh. like a nine or ten spot at the end of the year possibly you know it's going to be hard just because there's so many more like big movies I, i'll just say there would have to be at least a handful of movies that disappoint right, for this probably to edge a spot but well, i man, can I have... see honorable mention for sure yeah definitely
1: <laughs> one thing that i mentioned on the main show about this that i haven't discussed yet is uh, what a great movie this is for couples to watch, especially in, in my situation where you've been married with your wife, um, husband or wife, for a very long time, and you're you're both into horror films. I think this is a film that has to be watched by that demographic. You know, if you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, you're both horror movie fans, you're married, or even if you're not married, living together, whatever the case may be um yeah pop this movie in because this movie says a lot about you know stale relationships it says a lot about transitions uh, while I was watching this too, I even had flashbacks to uh, Ten Minutes to Midnight, which is a movie that we reviewed earlier this year with Miss Lacey Liu. And Miss Lacey Liu was talking about how that movie felt like an allegory for menopause or for you know uh, an older woman's transition. And and I started thinking about that as I'm watching this. Is it's kind of the same thing. Um, in In Ten Minutes to Midnight, Carolyn Williams, who is bitten by the vampire. Actually, it is is fearful of being replaced by a younger woman. In this case, it's not so much a younger woman uh, that uh, Barbara Crampton's character is fearful of, just complacency, boredom. You know, constantly throughout the movie, she talks about how she wants a bigger life, a grander life, and you know, thirty years of marriage to a minister isn't really going to provide you with all the thrills and spills of a uh, you know exciting marriage. So. I I really feel that this is a great couples movie and um and you know, and kudos to Lacey Lou for uh, putting that idea in my head too because I was I was getting um vibes from this about an older woman's transition and how that kinda played a part here in uh, Barbara Crampton's um, kind of motivation in the film and the motivation to do what she does and what she doesn't do after she's transitioned, you know? Uh, I think the movie has a lot to say about that, a lot to say about, you know, long-term relationships and, you know, stale marriages, things like that. So I I appreciated that. Not to say that my marriage is stale, mind you.
0: (laughs) Right, exactly. But, yeah, the overall themes... Are definitely there with her character, and the way things kind of come full circle was kind of a you know, it's a pleasant ending. I, I believe the way it's wrapped up, I love like the feel. Yeah, the Spoiler ultimate alert. decision they make kind of <laughs> together. Um,
1: um, yeah, a lot. I, I've read, after I watched the movie a couple of times, I did read a couple of reviews online, and there have been a couple of people that complain about that ending. I absolutely love that ending. Uh, obviously, we're not going to talk about it here but it it says a lot about that couple and it left me with such an ear to ear grin on my face when the movie was over you know that's what you, you want to walk away from a movie like this with a smile on your face and that's exactly what it did so yeah high recommend for me on this one
0: yeah uh, i definitely agree with that so um don did you want to add anything in before we get into spoilers
2: uh no yeah i'm pretty good um you hit a lot of the stuff i was gonna say so yeah i'm pretty much right there with you guys
0: cool all right well um i guess it's time to get into spoilers and since we are kind of changing the format and not doing the walkthrough so much at least for now i mean with this episode we're going to just kind of open it up to points we want to bring up um you know we were discussing um off the show just previously that uh, we don't have an exact format yet for the new spoiler section so you know we'll probably use the next you know handful of episodes to just kind of wing it figure it out and if we end up wanting to add some type of structure to it we'll we'll do it but we'll just you know I didn't it's not like we were going to put the show on hiatus while we figured it out so we'll just kind of yeah we'll kind of just get into it and then as we go, we'll figure out what works best and any aspects we want to keep, any aspects we want to change. But uh, with that said, uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I guess we can start with because Venom, you brought up something specific, so I guess it's uh, best to start with. You, well, before um, we get into before, before we
1: get into the actual master, since we don't meet the master until deeper in the movie let's talk about a couple other things before we get to him because there's a lot of horror to be had before the master really makes a major appearance on screen and Mm -hmm. uh, i want to talk about how this you know how this story kind of built up obviously you know we start out with a you know a, a minister and his wife blah 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 she gets transformed one night you know and basically she has to make the decision of how she's going to lead the rest of her life. It it seems like she was very comfortable with what happened to her because, I mean, you guys noticed that when she came home, she didn't really make a big deal to her husband anyway. She did end up going up to the bathroom and taking her clothes off and, uh, you know, screaming, having a little bit of a personal fit in the bathroom. But uh, it it didn't seem like she was so in love with her husband that she wouldn't just – you know, tear him up as soon as she got home. Uh, what'd you guys think of like, uh, you
0: know, the, her restraint at least there?
1: That was kind of interesting to me.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought once she kind of like turned down actually having the full-on affair, because you know she agrees to like meet up with her former. I, I'm assuming it was like probably high school or just Had after be. high yeah, school. She's been for, like, 30 years. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> she agreed to meet up with them and they were at the warehouse or i think like abandoned warehouse and they did they did kiss a little but like she prevented it from going further so you could see the conflict in her for even letting it go that far the when she got back home after that the you means events after she was turned and all that i was trying to figure out I was like is it because she's still kind of in like a daze? Is it because of the immediate after effects of being turned where she's kind of zonked out or that's just the state of your self when you first get turned? Um, and yeah, cause she, it's funny because she, she didn't really so much uh, ever really seem that concerned with the dude getting killed. The former flame it was more like what the hell happened to me? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's true. But and maybe she, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Maybe she felt some guilt too, because I mean, she's like, "Well, yeah." I know that he. he oh god! No. no,
2: I was I was gonna say I took it more as the guilt, guilt thing of actually going through with it because it's almost it, the, the weird thing is is that the way it's structured, it's like almost after immediately after she kisses him, the vampire attacks. So it's almost as if sort of like you know, you know, because she's still in you know that religious mindset of not, you know, wanting to dally away from her husband, you know, the second she commits the indiscretion, she's punished for it, you know, with her lover being attacked. So she's trying to like not get herself involved too much, like trying to sweep it under the rug and like trying to like forget about it. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, to me, that was sort of like where I was taking it was, is like the guilt of her being in that situation and allowing her to become turned into a vampire, which you know, he sort of, like, builds up later on in one of his speeches, because he kind of, like, plays off of that a little bit more. Like, that was kind of, like, where I was thinking, like, where where the film was trying to go with that. That's
1: true. Like I said, obviously, early in the film, they don't really set up that, th- that this couple is very much in love. I mean, he's constantly interrupting her, cutting her off when she's trying to speak um kind of speaking for her a lot of times and you can just tell at least it seemed for the first like i don't know 10 15 minutes of the movie that she's just completely mentally out of that marriage already that she's just there out of convenience you know the house blah 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 the the you know the financial security of it all um but then yeah but then as soon as she's turned she I don't know if it's more her realizing how much, how in love with her husband she actually is, or I don't know, or just the fact that she knows if she kills her own husband, she's not gonna be able to get away for too long. I mean, this is still suburban America, you know, people people notice when rich white people go missing, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially in these small towns with religious exactly. dominate you know, uh, communities, but yeah, so we, I mean, and then when, after she gets, after she kind of gets out of that funk, she, you know, we kind of get like our trope like, oh, now she's energized and feeling, mm-hmm. you know, she lifts up the chair when she's cleaning, which is cool, a cool little <laughs> effect. <laughs> that was a great
1: scene, actually. The cleaning the living room scene, well, I, I the song that was playing, um, the smile on her face the whole time, because obviously... We barely see her smile for the most of the first ten to fifteen minutes of the film, and then suddenly yeah. she's just a whole other person. But it's not just that. Like I said, the score, the fact that she's dancing around while she's cleaning—I don't know. It, something like that could have come off as really corny and really hokey. But for whatever it's worth, it absolutely worked here. I totally well, loved it. But the
0: other, oh, I think... I was going to say, part of the reason I think it works so well is because it, when the movie first opens, it shows her kind of going through, like, her daily workout routine or whatever and it's just totally joyless like she's just going to the motions of like right. oh this is my life now like I, I i probably wake up every single day do the same like little uh curls with my five pound walking weight and there's like okay. you know not that you should ha- not that having makeup on in the morning is something you do anyway but you could tell she's just like she's settled into what she feels is the rest of her life and she's not very excited about it and, and by no means is it like what you would call a bad life but it's just you know lack of excitement or drive for anything outside of the daily routine and then once she's turned she kind of gets that immediate like energized feeling of like hey I feel different there's like a pep to my step now and she's totally embracing it um, so that was yeah an interesting contrast mm-hmm. um how about that rat attack
1: <laughs> Was I the only one who got a big kick out of that? <laughs> Which when, uh, are... when the guy...
0: <laughs> the first one? Oh, cool. From the... oh Yeah, the, the major oh, rat okay.
1: attack, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> when they first open... Uh, yeah, when they first... Basically, the very first time we see anything. Because that is the guy she's making out with, right? That gets mm-hmm. attacked yep, by the rats. Just, uh, yeah, start? so that scene. <laughs> I love that scene. Uh, something about... Uh, just seeing all those rats and how aggressive they got, just jumping all over them and taking chunks out of them. I, I, did you see how bad his hands looked, too? Like, to the point where they were chewing through his fingers. A couple of his fingers were just hanging by skin. Oh, it was awesome. Great effects.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And, like, just when the, the coffin first made the bump, like, I assume like, the master was in there, you know, and he... I assume he was going to open it, and then the master was going to come flying out. But then when it was all, all the rats, it was, yeah. it was a cool little change out there. Um, nice,
1: uh, nice touches too. Um, you know, showing stuff from vampire lore, but without having to hand it to us on a silver platter. You know, like like when they open that first crate, and it's just dirt rather than going through a big diatribe about why there's a crate of dirt here, they they don't really say anything about it. But those of us who have watched many vampire movies know why a vampire would ship a crate of earth to its, to its own house. So yeah, it's, it's little nods like that, but without, you know, putting it on a silver platter for us. I, I like those.
0: Yeah. It's just there. It assumes the viewer has like a background with, these mm-hmm. kind of movies, and you would pick up on that kind of stuff, which is exactly. it's a smart way to do it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Then,
1: the expedition the thing, can be good, but it can also ruin your film.
2: But at the, the same time, too, I mean, you also have the, the fact that they're vampires, but yet nobody ever really seems freaked out by their existence. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, okay, you know, yeah, there's vampires here, but then there's never really that holy shit, there's vampires.
1: That's true. No, that's valid. It it almost felt a little bit like Jim Jarmusch's um, The Dead Don't Die. Remember how nonchalant everyone in the movie was? Oh, it looks like zombies again or something, you know? Uh, They weren't quite that nonchalant in this movie, but you're right. They're not reacting the way normal people would react. Because, you know, in the real world, if you say that, you're going to get one of two reactions. You're going to get absolute fear or you're going to get absolute skepticism. You know, somebody's going to call you an idiot or someone's going to ask you to save their life. So um to actually see people in this town like oh vampires (laughs) you know it's almost like like a here we go again situation
0: yeah like the grandpa in lost boys where at the end when he says the line about all the damn vampires it's like oh wait you didn't mention that to us when we just moved to your city (laughs) 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 exactly That
1: same that kind of that same thing happens in this movie too where once Jacob actually finds out what happened to his wife he has the nerve to ask her why didn't you tell me when it happened are you joking it, it, you my minister husband if I come home one day and tell you oh yeah I got attacked by a vampire and now I crave blood how the fuck would he have reacted to that so I just when he asked that question I'm like that's a terrible question to ask your wife
0: yeah and plus how 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 for certain was she at that point, too? Because, I mean, if if the movie's taking place and where, like, vampires aren't already, like, a known existing entity, and say, mm-hmm. like, you got attacked, even if you got bit, I don't think, like, the next day, it might take even, like, a little while for it to kick in exactly, like, oh, holy shit, I've been turned into a vampire just because the effects can come on slowly. And, you know, at first, she, like, tries to not... Um, go for blood you know she tries to look for other methods yeah. to for whatever the hunger <laughs> she's experiencing so it, it's reasonable to say she didn't even realize it was vampirism that she was experiencing yeah. which i i wanted to bring up too. something i i kind of noticed more in the second watch i think was uh barbara crampton's look in the movie i i kind of like how um she starts out very like mundane looking like i kind of brought it up when she's doing her routine like up. It yeah. even looked like they probably, like, put on, like, you know, old lady. Make, like, they might have know, aged her a little
1: bit, yeah, because she doesn't – I met her person. Yeah,
0: it looks like they aged her for the opening. But then after she got turned and embraced it, she kind of got gothed out a little. But then yeah. the third, the third look – was after she kind of let her husband know, and they almost were at peace peace with it, she like toned it back to where it's like just normal looking makeup. So I thought maybe that was purposely done just to say like, you know, she goes through the extreme of like boring life. Now I'm a cool new vampire, so I'm gonna overdo my makeup to look all vampire vampire like. But then sure. she kind of settles into like, okay, even though I'm a vampire, I can't just walk around like this. So then she, so it's almost like she, cause she explains to the husband like well i kind of like some of the changes that this brought on like obviously i don't like the fact that i have a hunger for blood now but the other stuff i kind of like so it was almost like she was finding that balance and like her look kind of reflected it which i thought was a smart device to kind of show her psyche you know without overly you know without all this exposition needed you know
1: Absolutely, yeah. I had, uh, th- the scenes of her trying to come to terms with what she's become are so entertaining. This movie's not labeled as a horror comedy, but I laughed more at this movie than uh, Boys from County Hell, which is actually labeled a horror comedy. So go figure. But I mean, this the scene when she goes to the supermarket, realizes that she likes the taste of blood from touching the meat, and then asks. The butcher, how much blood can I get? I mean, that's absolutely. I I just loved it because ultimately, you know, she could have been like, "Oh, I'm making blood sausage or something." And yes, blood sausage is a real thing. Look right, it up yeah. if you don't know it. Um, yeah. but as soon as she bought that blood, I literally I wrote in my notes, ah, oh, supermarket blood's probably gonna suck. And what happens right after she finishes drinking that blood? She fucking pukes it all right back up and i'm just like yeah see supermarket blood you can't trust that
0: shit i was gonna ask, get it fresh well see I, gonna, took, I thought uh, it was because it was animal blood yeah that was my body was rejecting it thing. but i, I yeah that, that, that was, question if you guys thought that too no,
2: possibly that, that was my that was my first instinct animal blood
0: but that's very, I know that's very movie specific because some vampire movies you'll see vampires feed on animals if it comes down to it, but then others you don't. So right. it's, well, but, that's why I was like, maybe. I was I'm thinking about the whole, uh, yeah.
1: yeah, I was thinking about that whole interview with the vampire rule where vampires can't drink dead blood, it has to be from a living creature. And obviously, you know we can you can pick your vampire lore from a multitude of yeah. movies, but as soon as she bought that supermarket blood, that's what I thought. I'm like, nah, ew, that's old dead blood. I mean, potentially, yeah, it could have been that because it was animals too. Um, we never actually did we actually ever see her eat an animal? Did she ever bite one of those rats or anything? I don't think she, she did, didn't. Right? She, she didn't. But there was, shit. but and the other girl, under yeah. the
0: spell of the master. Um, oh,
1: Amelia, did. the first one. No, uh, the sister, oh,
0: the blonde friend, or the, was it was the woman? Her sister, or was it the guy that was a preacher's brother? One of them was a sibling. I just can't remember. Yeah,
2: I, I don't remember who's who, because I know that the guy, the guy that, the the, the couple at the house. Oh, just, I think the. One of them is related to the is related to either Fessenden or Crampton, but I can't remember what the relationship is.
1: It's it's the men. The men are brothers. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, they both have the same okay. last name. Um, yeah. The Jay brother's Fetter wife bites the head off. Of off back. Yeah. So she bites okay, the head so off. Okay. So off it's the, back. the wife. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she didn't. I mean, she didn't react too terribly violently, did she? I
0: don't. Uh, she just kind of gets. made like a disgusted look.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> well maybe. Well, I mean, hey, thing, there's validity to that. Yeah. That you know that it might be the animal blood thing. The Absolutely. other thing
2: too, the other thing too is that one Crampton's been, uh, has been vampirized at that point for for about a week, whereas she was the wife was vampirized for maybe five minutes at most. So it could right. be a dependent on like how long you've been in that that condition, That's where you're you're freshly, you're freshly turned. You're not going to be that you know. It doesn't matter what. It's just you know, it's, it's blood, whereas right. you know. Maybe if you're, you know, you've got a little bit of time under your skin, you know, you need, you know, you need something fresher or
1: human. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yep.
0: Speaking, There's validity to of,
1: both arguments. Absolutely.
0: I was going to say, too, speaking of blood, um, I don't even know if we I know I didn't mention it. Maybe one of you guys. did, But when whenever there was a scene of like an attack or blood, I thought the gags were pretty good. Like for this oh, scale of a so movie, good. I was pretty impressed.
1: Yeah, uh, the the like when she when spray. she
0: turns dude's after... head and neck sideways and opens it up and I was like, holy shit, like that's a oh, good thing. she effect. pezzed
1: him. She turned him into <laughs> yeah. a pest
0: dispenser. Yeah, she pezzed
1: him. <laughs> yeah. I I laughed out loud when she first did it, when she first pezzed him. But then after a couple of seconds, I'm like, Holy shit, that looks great. Like just the blood spurting out. I mean, Yeah, the arterial spray in this movie is absolutely epic. It doesn't really go for distance like with Asian movies, like with Asian samurai movies. It almost looks like there's a shitload of blood pressure Mm because it it sprays out like in small jets. Whereas this was like big, flowing, you know, just like somebody opened a faucet. Uh, I, I don't know. It just... I, I, I love the way it just it was so messy here, you know, it doesn't spray up, it just all falls down out of the open wound, and yeah, absolutely love the blood in this movie.
2: Well, I mean, the special effects in general, I mean, it's not just her, I mean, you know, the special effects on her mouth after the dental appointment.
1: Yep, oh, so good, another great gag. yeah. See, that's something that, I, I mean, we've seen vampires react to UV light before. You know, we, you know, Blade has done it in a couple of those movies, but mm-hmm. this was something I'd never seen before, and I appreciated that. When Barbara Crampton ends up going to the dentist um, to get one of those UV light um, teeth whitening treatments where they put that thing in your mouth, blah, blah, blah. And literally, she's just sitting there with the thing in her mouth, glowing bright blue, and suddenly smoke starts coming out of her damn mouth. Dude. <laughs> That gag was spectacular. And I I don't know why I found it so funny that the whole time she's running back home, like her whole face is all, not the whole face, but like her mouth area is all black and charred. I don't know why that tickled me so much.
2: I'm saying the best part is that it's actually just the area around the mouth where the light was shining. Yeah. Exactly. That's it's like it, what I'm saying. It's like it's cauterizing just the skin that it touched
1: yeah such a great gag, so good but then, of course, the neighbor comes over and she pezzes him and she's able to have a little drink and get back to normal. Everything heals up nicely, so
2: but the other yeah. thing too I mean, speaking of that, I mean, we know that the vampires are supposed to heal when they consume more blood
1: mm-hmm.
2: by that point, why did she still have the marks on her neck like that stuff that, that should have healed valid well, violent, yeah that's marks. true.
0: Yeah, I mean unless there's some type of yeah, I mean it's it's hard to say for this cuz like Venom brought up like there's so many different vampire lore's. Exactly. Just saying is But, that, we didn't, but I'm just saying, ahead. I'm just saying
2: you've seen you, you saw the fact that she, you know she peezed the guy and she was lapping the blood off the floor. Mm-hmm. That healed her from the UV light, so she she doesn't have those marks anymore. But yet okay. it's like, it's still like a week later. She still has the bite marks on her neck.
1: <laughs> oh, I thought the bite marks were permanent. Um, Don't. I'm going to ask my vampire expert wife. <laughs> this is Venom. When uh, when someone's bitten by a vampire, do those scars ever heal? Or uh, they got those two holes. Self?
0: The, the self bite self mark. Ever seen to heal.
1: Yeah, and see it. Yep. That. There you go. In most vampire lore, um, the actual bite mark that transforms you does not heal. Mm. So, I, I, But again, not that that means that's what's happening in this movie. It could have le- legitimately just been a goof on the uh, effects department. I think, <laughs> the first of- time,
0: I think that's the first time I've ever heard Mrs. Venom talk, period. And she made her podcast debut somewhat. There you go. <laughs> At the same, same time. podcast debut. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. I- I uh, just a quick on the uh, only because Don brought it up in the context of of uh, the bite mark discussion, but the the scene where she's lapping up the blood off the floor uh-huh. um, and how you were saying that, like the movie's not labeled comedy. But I I feel like the reason why some of the stuff does come off so funny is because nothing in here is written like to be a joke, but it's such like a dry, realistic situational humor that. When she's lapping off the blood off the ground and the husband comes home and she, you know, she's kind of startled by him. And she's like, well, she say?" she's like, it's not me. And he's like, what? He's like, what do you mean it's not you? And she's like, no, it's not what it looks like. Well, what is it? Ben? Like, what do you mean? It's, not, it's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, that's so great. I'm like, cracking the hell <laughs> up at that. Because to, to me, that's like almost... How it would it really go in real life? Like, if you walked in on your spouse having no context or reference of what just what the hell is going on, and then they're probably going to try to, like, say something like that, and your reaction is like, I'm literally watching you do this, so what do you mean it's <laughs> not exactly what it looks like? And I love so, the fact
2: that they call it back again when the couple arrive at the house at the very end where she's carving up the body.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's not what you
1: oh Oh, Oh, and her friend's reaction was absolutely priceless like it wasn't a scream she just goes and (laughs) like that is awesome no suburbanite woman is going to react that way to seeing what she was what she was witnessing but so clever again on the filmmaker's part and then you know we've been sitting here talking a lot about the minister and him you know maybe not as being as invested in this marriage as as the wife is, but I got to give him, I got to give him his props. Um, the fact that he actually, without hesitation helps his wife hide a murder. I, not a lot of men, least of all ministers are going to do that kind of shit. I mean, he literally walks into the house, sees his wife eating, uh, you know, drinking, lapping up blood The cop comes to the door, he gets rid of the cop, and then proceeds to help his wife clean up and get rid of the body. I mean, you know, like I said, I talk about skeptic uh, significant others in horror movies all the time, and how it's a trope that I can't stand, and even though he kind of started out ever so slightly as a skeptic, um. obviously as soon as he sees everything you know he knows what's what A- and he instantly got on the side of his wife so I yeah. just want to say kudos to Fessenden
0: <laughs> and he, he helps her kidnap the dead and he, the, that one lady he goes to check on that died he yep. helps her like carpet her up and bring her home but then you also see the nuance of his character because once the lady's and Barbara Crampton's character's getting ready to like uh, string her up to drain her and he's about to leave the room, and she's like, hey, aren't you going to help? He's like, uh, I can't be a part of this. So he still has the nuance of, like, I can I can help you in some ways, but I can't do everything. Yeah. Like, I, I can't be a part 100%. Um, so I, I like that they kind of still kept that element. He didn't, like, you know, go full-blown, like, sure. evil assistant. Um, I no, cracked up with the little girl, the, the the little girl that witnessed all that when she's like, I'll go away if you tell me a curse word.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't say it had to be a new curse word.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Changing the rules. No, she was adorable. Again, more comedy interjected. You know, it, it's a stupid little 30 second scene. But that little girl is going to be memorable for me because she made me laugh. And that's all that matters. But yeah. All right. I guess we can get to the master. Uh, the master. Okay. After seeing two women get transformed into vampires, one of them turns into an absolute psychotic killing machine. Mm-hmm. Um, Amelia, the first girl, yeah. and and then we see Barbara, who turned you know who obviously um, is stronger, better looking, or skin cleared up. Blah blah blah. Um, but she's not embracing her abilities as much as Amelia has. Um the point is is that we we see these two badass female vampires, um, badass in their own way, each of them in their own different way, and then we meet the master. And the master at first looks great. The design, the the character design on them, you know, it's nothing original. It's very Nosferatu. It's very, you know, Klaus Kinski. He's, um, he's, he's uh,
0: mixed with Nosferatu and Maynard from Tool. <laughs> I was
2: thinking more of the main vampire from Salem's Lot.
1: Yeah, Mr. Barlow, absolutely. Yeah. There's a little bit of Mr. Oh. Barlow in there as well. Yep, yep.
0: I'll say the lead singer of Tool, Maynard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I could go with that. But anyway, my point is, is that I'm okay with his design, and then he starts to speak. And I don't, I don't want to be that guy that judges someone on their voice because I don't exactly have the manliest voice in podcasting. But man, did he sound like a girl! I mean, was it just me? I thought no. We... That's the, that's the same chick that plays the
2: ghost in The Conjuring. That's the it actress is? who played Valak. That's Valak! Holy shit! Okay. That's the same actress that played Valak.
1: Oh, they let her use her own voice, or, For or was the master supposed to be female, and maybe the I that just was missed
2: yeah, the, the Master was female from the very beginning, because that's the same actress who played Valak in The Conjuring.
1: I mean, granted, I, I, I knew it was a female actress, but that doesn't always signify the gender of the character, because, you know, like, in the uh, not in The Conjuring, in the Insidious films, the bride is played by a man. So, you know, I don't just take the actress as the gender of the character. I, I wasn't sure if they ever actually mentioned it in the movie that the Master Maybe? was either male or female. I don't so, think they ever really signify Maybe it's just misogynist in me that assumed, you know, the master would be a male. Well,
0: do you you think that's why, because I didn't realize that the character of the master was a female until just now. I mean, it makes sense, but now that you've mentioned that, do you think um, that was almost a purpose, or, or on purpose, I mean, because the two people that... She turns are females, and it's almost like she, like, you can say it's like a metaphor for, oh, she's going around liberating, like, bored right. women in their life and giving them a uh, chance to be like, oh, now I can have this new life. Now, granted, not every, obviously, just by the two examples we have. Well, there's three. <laughs> three, that's right. Well, um, three, remember?
2: Yeah. Itch.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, granted, not everyone you turn is going to use the new gifts in the same way. But uh, still, I mean, the, if the overall point is like, like I'm going around to, you know, give them the freedom to escape this mundane life. I, To me, the master being a female herself, now it kind of makes more sense why it would be females she's turning.
1: All right. Specific. Well, I'm going to need the filmmakers to clear this up for me or maybe one of our more intelligent listeners. But if the master is absolutely a female, this movie just jumped up an entire point. So that's like that is a great metaphor. I mean, you know, a female vampire turning these women who are unhappy in their lives, because think about it. Amelia was also unhappy. Amelia was, you know, she was taking yeah, care of her exactly. mother, who was an alcoholic, and, and then we've got, you know, Barbara Crampton's character, who basically takes care of her husband, who's a big child. Um, so I mean, yeah, like I said, holy shit. And if, don't you if the don't Masters you this female? I, I'm,
0: I'm in And don't you think that's kind of like... I mean this is this is all coming off the top of my head right now cuz I literally just was introduced to the idea that she's female but you could right, almost right. say <laughs> you could almost say that ties right back into the title of the movie because the title of the movie isn't the wife's name it's Jacob's wife so basically she's living a mundane life where Jacob is the big town preacher she's probably just known as a preacher's wife aka jacob's wife so the fact that the head master vampire is like well i'm giving you a chance to be you know your own person and your own life and l- make your own decisions i mean that kind of makes it even more s- smart and not to sound pretentious but if, the, if that's the intention behind all this it's like okay now i like the movie even more <laughs> that,
1: no that's absolutely I, I literally just jumped up a spot or two in my top 10 if that's the case um but, yeah, I mean, obviously we all love this movie. Before we get to the ending, the uh, the ending that I absolutely adore, there was a couple more things that I wanted to talk about. Who would have thought that marijuana stops vampirism,
0: huh? <laughs> <laughs> Learn something new care. every time, right? <laughs>
1: I don't care if that's fiction. I don't care if there's no truth to it. I am going to continue with that theory for the rest of my life, get turned into a vampire, smoke a joint, You'll be all right. Granted, it's and not I, a cure. It just it just yeah. kind of what subverts or subsides. Yeah, kind of yeah, probably like so it like, like
0: the, uh, manages the, your hunger. That's I, I, what I mean. A vampire doesn't want to kill people, but if they can
1: just smoke weed to get rid of the uh, the thirst, oh my god! And the funny <laughs> thing is, sales when, will go even higher.
0: The funny thing is, when the scene first starts, and you can tell what the, what she's doing, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was so sure. That she was going to be like, ah, I didn't do anything. But the fact that she was like, hey, it's actually kind of working, I I laughed at that, too. (laughs) And even the scene itself was a really well-done scene. Aside from the fact that they're
1: getting high, it was was just a really sweet scene. It was one of the first times that we see these two actually talk like a married couple. You know, like, he's not a minister. He's just Jacob. And, you know, they're sitting there having a nice moment together. Uh, Again, I, I love almost every scene in this movie, but... Um, that little, you know, exchange with the joint that it just, you know, again, it, it tickled me so much. I absolutely loved it. Um, and then, uh, what was the last thing I wanted to talk about before the ending? Um, shit. We already talked about the arterial spray. Uh, we talked about the master. Hmm. I can't think of what else I wanted to say. Maybe it'll pop into my head. But, I mean, if you guys want to start talking about the ending, we can do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, so just to set up the ending. So basically, mm-hmm. you know, they 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 kind of come to the realization, you know, in the small town with everything that's happened around this situation, um, maybe we need to get the hell out of here. Like, you know, they're trying to figure out, well, how do we continue our lives now that all... The- this stuff had to happen in order to get to where we are right now. And, uh, she's, she basically has, a, you know, they have a, like a little heart to heart conversation. She's like, you know, I, cause he's like, Oh, well, or I think they, they, they bring up the idea of selling the house. Yep. And, um, he suggests to her, yeah, like, well, we can use that money and like leave and go try to seek out a cure. And she is immediately kind of hesitant to that. Cause she's like, well, I don't necessarily not like all the changes that happen. Um, (laughs) So, you know, and she's like, she just kind of makes a deal with him, like a verbal deal. Like, you know, we'll, we'll stick this out together. You know, we're in this together, but I want to start making like decisions for me from here on out. Like, obviously she, part of this with, you know, as horrific as some parts of the process were, She kind of had like this self-awakening, self-realization that she's, for the last 30 years, she's kind of lived her life for someone else. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, obviously, in any marriage, it's always sacrifice. So you're always going to give up some of yourself for the other person, perfectly understandable. But I think to to her, it's been an extreme where she's she's basically Jacob's wife for the last 30 years. So she just kind of says to him, "Um, I want to start making decisions for me as well as the marriage, too. And he kind of acknowledges it. And then they kind of lean in for a kiss and we get like a brief kind of vampire hissing sound from her, which I would ask, is that to me, it's like, is that a coincidence or is that suggesting either she's a going to turn him or, hey, at the last minute, she's like, I'm killing you. I I, I tend to think oh, well, that, if, you- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You
1: actually you missed part of the ending. The, uh, the reason that I love it so much is that they, like you said, they make that agreement to you know kind of try to work together and figure out what's going to happen. But she, as they lean in for the kiss, her fangs pop out, and she and it looks like she's about to go for his neck. But at the exact same time, if you look at Jacob's left hand, he is raising a stake up to his wife's yeah. chest. At the that's exact true. same time, so they're literally either going to kiss or kill each other. in after the credits roll, yeah, and almost, I just love that.
0: It feels like the Batman Catwoman dynamic, where it's like sure. they don't know whether to fight or the other thing. I guess. Or the other. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um So but that was I, a cool. Uh, I, mean. I, I thought that was it, a, The thing is, a is great. that it's
1: a great metaphor for marriage because w- what married person hasn't wan- wanted to strangle their significant other at one point or another, and that kind of. You know, shines a little light on it at the end of this movie that, yes, these two people are very obviously in love. They're very obviously going to try to work things out. But at the same time, they both, in the back of their mind, are like, "Ah, I could just kill them and get it over with, you know? Mm -hmm. And and sadly, that is marriage. So (laughs) for all you single people out there, enjoy. It's coming. Yeah,
0: Yeah, (laughs) right.
1: I, not to try say it's a bad thing in any way, way shape, or
0: form, I'm but... Try not, yeah, try uh, not to wait for 30 years before the compromise kicks in.
1: Oh, God, no. <laughs> That's the thing, too. I mean, you know, it, it spoke to the time period, too. I mean, obviously, the, mo- the movie's set in modern time, but obviously, you know, Barbara and Larry are playing, like, what, 50s, 60s? You know, they're playing a couple in their 50s or 60s? I mean, they actually both are in their 60s in real life, so... Um, but like I said, they're they're that when you've been together with someone for that long, it, that ending makes absolute sense. And I absolutely loved it. And I could see how maybe someone who has never been in a long-term relationship, isn't currently with someone, blah, 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 uh, that they might see that ending and think, ah, that was just a cop-out ending or, you know, or they're trying to set yeah. a sequel or something, but it's like, no, 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 that ending makes absolute sense if you've been married <laughs>
2: Well, even yeah, though I'm if the only he... single ahead guy ahead. on this credit thing, I know I'm the only single guy on this. But yeah, I know exactly what Venom is saying because even I got that. So it's not exactly yeah. as is <laughs> hidden. Yeah, no, it's not subtle. Yeah, subtle at I'm all. saying, I mean, yeah, it's, it's the single guy on the cast. Yeah, I caught that too.
1: Uh, exactly. But yeah, man, I, I mean, we could sit here and talk about every single scene. This, Like I said, there was no dull moments for me, even though there were a couple of slow scenes here and there. Once the vampire action got going, it, it was pretty steady throughout the duration of the movie. Um, the master ended up not playing as big a role as I thought he slash she would. Um, but I think the story this movie isn't about the master that's the thing is that even though the master is the main antagonist of this film he only has a minor um influence on the overall plot of this film yeah he's the vampire that turns barbara but the movie isn't about vampirism necessarily i mean it's veiled as a vampire movie but honestly i mean this is a you could almost call it a family drama at times Um, A very gory and exciting family drama, but yeah. And, you know, I like when horror movies kind of take a step back and, you know, can do stuff like that. It, It doesn't have to be horror nonstop. It doesn't have to be existential dread. It could be, you know, a loving couple dealing with a situation. And, you know, that's our story. And when it's done right, it's enough. And in this film, it's absolutely enough. You know, you can call this film... I wouldn't call it minimalist. I mean, it is a small town, small cast, but, um, you know, it's got a big heart. And I really, really can't recommend this movie enough, especially after talking to you gentlemen uh, for the last hour or so about it. It just makes me want to watch it even more. So, yeah, please, high recommend from me, Jacob's Wife.
0: One, uh, One aspect that I totally forgot to even bring up, Mm-hmm. Um, just character-wise, was the two cops. I thought they were pretty funny, and one of them was CM Punk, which I didn't realize on the first yeah. watch. <laughs> Phil Brooks, uh, I think,
1: is his real name, but I think yeah. he's CM Punk in the credits, right?
0: I think, I think so. I I know on IMDb he is. I'm I'm not sure in the actual movies right. credits. I didn't look, but it's it's funny because like he it, when you, once you realize it's him, he obviously looks like him. But the first time, they, it's like they. They kind of uh, small town countryfy him just enough yep. to where he has that just kind of little... dorky cop look. Um, <laughs> exactly. But, but yeah, but, I, I like I like the cops in this because they didn't come off as dumb or bumbling. They just came off more in disbelief, like anyone would be at at, at first. Um, when they, you know, they op- they forced the preacher to open up his briefcase and he has like all the like the vampire book and all his materials to kill a vampire, and they're kind of like. The next time we see the three of them, he's in the back of the or the preachers in the back of the cop car trying to explain himself. And then once um, they have the confrontation towards the, uh, you know, end of the movie when the cops are there and witness everything, they're kind of like, yeah, how are we going to write this up? And he's like, uh, domestic disturbance, nonviolent. Sure. Okay. Good enough for me.
1: (laughs) That was cute. See, this, this movie, has more comedy than movies that are labeled horror comedy. And, and that's a nice surprise, you know, because when you go into it and you see IMDb just says straight horror, it's like, okay, this is going to be a fairly serious, you know, straightforward, gory vampire movie. But they interject just enough humor into this um, to make it feel like a horror comedy, even though truly it's not. But it's just so hard to pinpoint for this one in particular. But, again, it's just something I appreciate about the film. the That humor just, you know, it cuts the tension nicely, too. So, yeah, it works great.
0: Yeah, man, 100%. Like, I, I agree that the conversation kind of makes me want to throw it on again. Just to exactly. You know? I kind of to Reinforce watch it again. <laughs> everything, you know.
1: <laughs> and plus it's Barbara Crampton. Like, we don't love her. Like, uh, Mike and I on the main show recently reviewed Chopping Wall, one of her first movies. And, you know, it, it's just, it's always fun. Someday we'll review uh, Reanimator, too. Got to get that in there. <laughs> nope, nope.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, I mean,
1: you know, you've got two horror heavyweights in this film. And honestly, you could say three with Bonnie Ahrens in there, you know, the nun uh, playing the master. So, I mean, you've got, you know, kind of three horror heavyweights in this one and, you know, low budget available on VOD, uh, fairly low budget. I don't want to say low budget. The movie doesn't look cheap by any stretch of the imagination. And actually there's no budget information listed in IMDb. So um, it's, you know, an indie film, you know, not a studio film basically is what I'm going for. But yeah, I mean, like I said, what, what money they spent on this film, they spent it in the right place, you know? Effects, acting, writing, it all works. It sounds like we, we're talking this movie up so much, it sounds like we're, you know, gonna make it our number one of the year. I don't I don't remember us uh, putting this much praise on um what do you call it? Sister Maud. Saint Maud. Oh yes, yeah, Saint, Saint Maud, Maud sorry. <laughs> Saint Maud. <laughs> That's what I mean. It feels like it's been two years since I've seen that and it's literally been what, four months? yeah so so much great stuff see that's why it's always hard to you know say oh this is definitely going to be in my top 10 because
0: the the director of this was listed as a producer on starry eyes which is a good credit to me i mean for fans of starry eyes yeah Um, yeah it looks like a lot of most of his credits are producers so that's that's cool i mean hey you know get in where you can get in and World I mean, he did work on some good want. stuff
1: too. I mean, producer on Mohawk. If anybody hasn't seen Mohawk, that was a great movie. I I'd recommend that one. We are he still here. Are you kidding me? We are still floor. here. Uh, we are still here was my number one movie of 2015. Oh, my nice. absolute number one horror movie. I love that movie. Once again, Barbara Crampton and Larry Fessenden. Um, they don't play a married couple, but they're both in the movie. So.
0: Oh, I remember that uh, one. Now I, that I, I see the box art on it, yeah, I remember that one. That was cool. Oh yeah,
1: if you haven't, I mean, if you haven't seen, we are still here. Get, get on it. It's a quickie. I think it's under ninety minutes. It's a great little haunted house movie. I can't recommend it enough. Like I said, my number one of twenty fifteen, unapologetically.
0: Absolutely love it. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I think unless uh, we got any closing thoughts, other than watch the movie, because it's pretty (laughs) good. Um,
1: Yeah, when a movie's this good, it's easy to talk about it, easy to recommend. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right, well, uh, let's see what else we all got for people to listen to before we get out of here. So, Venom, uh, why don't you start a list?
1: Uh, Let's see. uh, The latest episode of the main show is still... um, my picks from Czechoslovakia, uh, but if you look on your, for those of you who are subscribed, you if you look on your feed today, you will see the brand new episode of No More Room in Hell is available. We looked at Derek's picks, and those were, of course, 1986's Witchboard and 1986's Chopping Mall, as I mentioned earlier. Um, really, really fun episode. We also had some very, very special guests. We had, of course... The, the first couple of horror podcasting, Mr. and Mrs. Brian and Jamie Sammons. Um, always a great time when they join us. And also, spoiler, uh, look forward to Miss Jamie Sammons joining us next week right here on Fresh Cuts. I won't tell you what film we're going to do yet, but it, it, it'll, it'll be fun. It'll be very obvious why we had Miss Jamie as a guest next week when you listen. So, um. Let's see in the mic of madness is still unfortunately on an extended hiatus. Uh, theme warriors will actually be back in a couple of weeks after we record our new episode. And I think it's safe to say the theme of that episode are films that have never gotten a physical release in the U S or at least a DVD or Blu-ray release in the U S. So we're going to be looking at a lot of obscure films on that episode. So check that out on theme warriors. Um, All of those episodes are or all of those shows are available on the Dark Discussions podcast network, except for Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, which unfortunately still on a little bit of a hiatus. But if you want to look at our catalog there, you go to Legion, the Legion podcast network. If you're searching for us in your podcast catching apps. Um, I would say subscribe to the Kill the Cast feed, and you will automatically get Underwater Kaiju, Kill the Cast, the Friday Nightmares, and a bunch of other great podcasts, so check that out. And I think, oh, and then tomorrow night uh, is the latest episode we will be recording. Excuse me, the latest episode of It's Not Horror, OK? And that is, of course, my movie commentary podcast with members of the NFW and Friday Nightmares podcast. This week, we're going to be looking at the movie that should have won Best Picture at the Academy Awards, Porky's. Yes, Porky's, the classic uh, teen sex romp. Um, a movie that is basically going to be a first time watch for me because I've only seen it once when it was new and I remember nothing about it. So uh, join us on the next It's Not Horror, OK, for our commentary on Porky's. And that's it from me, Mike.
0: All right, Don, you got uh, anything to send people to?
2: Uh, not much. Uh, basically, there's rumblings that we may get something started on graveyard shit, if uh, start you know all the current events of the world and all that kind of stuff. But um, let's. I'm just basically gonna say those are just basically kept in rumors for now. But um, yeah, we're pr- probably looking to start something up in the next month or two. But that's as much as I can say. Other than that, I've got nothing.
0: Cool. All right. Well, um, I don't have anything else besides what Venom already mentioned that we do together, so uh, thanks for handling that, Venom, again. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as Fresh Cuts goes, yeah, we pretty much already have or uh, nailed down what we're, we're going to do next week, and Jamie Sammons, uh should be a guest if all goes as planned. Um, beyond that, I, I am actually now starting to see showtimes show up on my... Uh, a Regal app. Um, so uh, not, it's weird. It's like not every movie. It's probably because um, they don't know everything they're going to be showing right away. Cause like certain movies, it'll say yes, playing Friday. Others it's, they're not. So they probably, you know, like any theater, they got to figure out everything that's yeah, yeah. going to be playing. But uh, that means, you know, within a couple of weeks, once horror movies start showing up in the theaters, we can actually start going back to theatrical releases
1: Whoa!
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be weird that, that first time back in the theater. I'll tell you that much.
1: It was for me, absolutely. I've already been to the theater three times um, since they reopened, and yeah, that first one was definitely odd, awesome, but odd. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Fresh Cuts. Thanks to everyone for listening. We will be back in a week's time with something else, and until then. Let's say bye to listeners.
2: Oh, and also don't forget feedback on the new format because we want to know if we're doing this right.
0: Yeah, what Don <laughs> says. <said.
2: laughs> uh, Adios, everybody. Later. Healths. Yeah, we'll